Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Greetings, my whole life family. Last summer, I let Ken know that I planned on retiring during the first quarter of 2024. As you know, Tammy retired a a year ago. And as much as I love this team, I've been looking forward to retiring and spending more time with Tammy, our children, and our grandchildren. Our plan was to transition Freud into my role as pastor for member care, and, and that would be right around the first part of this calendar year. However, over the holidays, Tammy and I received some news that no one wants to hear. I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer, and as hard as that is for me to say, and it is rough, I say it to you because as a family, we've never shied away from tough things just because they're hard. We walk through them together and I cherish your support through all of this, I really do. I also say this because a lot of you listening right now have journeyed this path before me. I know this because I sat across tables and alongside of hospital beds with you. And as difficult as it is to now be on that side of this, I'm encouraged by each of you. And quite frankly, your stories and your life bring hope to Tammy and I. Right now, as I face a couple of months of treatments, the Florida Conference is working on a plan for family medical leave, for which I'm truly grateful. This speaks well for the kind of support that my family and I feel from this community. However, it speaks volumes for you as a church and our leadership and staff. Ken, along with the rest of the staff, especially Freud, have had to step in sooner than anticipated. And I am truly grateful for this. He's been doing a great job. But I get a chance to step back now and take this time to go through what I need to do to heal. My family and I are blessed to have you all, and we are in good hands. I look forward to getting back to worshiping along with all of you, I really do. However, until then I ask for your patience, your understanding, and most importantly, your prayers. Tammy and I feel blessed, honored, and comforted to have you as a church family standing with us. We truly love you all. Let's take a minute to take a breath, huh? So, like me, I know you love Jeff. 
And like me, I know Jeff has blessed your life, um, that Jeff is a blessing in your life, and that many of you have had important life moments with Jeff. Uh, Jeff has been there when you've gone through incredibly difficult things in your life. And so I just want to take a moment to acknowledge Jeff, just for the, the amazing human being that he is, the incredible pastor that he is. And I want to acknowledge that we are not going to be doing the retirement party for him that we had planned, because we had a plan. And that plan has moved because life has realities and you have to face the reality that you're handed. So we, I want you to know that we are, we are working with Tammy and Jeff to do the right thing for them. Um, Jeff started chemo this week and what that means is that his, for the next while, his immunity is gonna be down and it's not gonna be in his best interest to be around people. And we wanna honor and respect that and, um, and I know you'll understand that. So we're looking for just the right way to celebrate Jeff's 26 years of service here at Whole Life Church. And as soon as we have that figured out in a way that works best for Jeff and Tammy, we're gonna let you know about that because I know you want to honor his service. And we're all just looking forward to the fact that he's gonna beat this. We're gonna pray, pray him through it. We're gonna be there through it with him. And he'll be back here and we'll worship again, uh, hopefully sooner rather than, than later. Um, until then, I just want to ask you to be patient when it comes to communication with Jeff. And I have a couple favors to ask you as family. Um, for those of you who have gone through this kind of experience before, you appreciate the prayers, you appreciate people letting you know how much they're wanting to be there for you, but you also know that it can sometimes be a little overwhelming, that you've got... Uh, a lot of medical appointments to be at. You've got all kinds of things happening in your life. And, and so when you get an email or you get a text message, you, you appreciate it. And then you think, oh, I need to respond to that because I want them to know I care. I want you to know I've given Jeff not only permission, but I've asked him to not return your text messages and your emails because I want Jeff to, to take what you send him and appreciate it without feeling like he's got one more thing that he has to do. And so I hope that you'll understand that if you do send a text message or an email, if he doesn't respond, it's not because he doesn't love you, it's because I'm mean, okay? It's, it's my fault, okay? Um, thank you. So, so like I said, if by all means, Email is probably the best way to communicate. That would probably be the best. But if you send an email or text message, just understand you may not hear back from it. It's absolutely not because he doesn't care or love you. He's, he's fighting cancer right now, and that's where his mind needs to be, and that's what he needs to be up to. Would you join me in having a prayer for Jeff right now? God, we love Jeff so much. He means the world to us. And Lord, I, you said to ask for what we want, so I'm telling you what I want. I want Jeff healed and back. Um, I want him to enjoy a really long retirement. Uh, he's deserved it. He's worked so hard through the years for you, Lord. That's what I want. 
But I also trust you, God. I trust that you love Jeff more than I do. I trust that you have Jeff and Tammy in the palm of your hand and you are going to be enough for them in what they're at. Lord, may we as a, as a family surround them with love. May they feel the prayers and the love as they've already told me that they have. May they continue to do that. And through everything that happens, may you be glorified. We pray in your name. Amen. So now I get to preach. Um, and I think I need some help. So let me go ahead and uh, grab some stuff here. Let me ask you, who, does anybody enjoy jigsaw puzzles? You enjoy people? Some of you are like a little careful. You know if you raise your hand, there could be implications, right? Okay, because there are. There are. So Lois, I see you. I see you raising your hand. You can say, see, you don't need to get up yet. <laughs> um, so, well, firstly, here, I'll let you hold this. You can, you can talk to me with that. So, um, so a, a couple years ago, there was a uh, movie that came out, and it said something like, life is like a box of... Chocolates. Oh, everybody knows this. Okay. Life is like a box of chocolates because... You'll never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Okay. And I say unto thee, <laughs> life is like a... Thousand-piece puzzle? <laughs> a thousand-piece puzzle. Yeah. So does that look intriguing to you? This, uh, was, this was one of my Christmas gifts. And I looked and I thought, oh, that was really nice of them. I mean, a thousand pieces is a lot, but that looks pretty easy. Lots of different donuts, which is one of my favorite things. And I thought, that looks pretty easy. So, Lois, can you finish it for me? Uh, give me a month. Give you a month? No, no, no. I don't have that much time. I've got about 20 minutes. So, um, <laughs> would you be okay with coming and sitting in this chair while I preach and putting the puzzle together for me? As much of it as I can. Just sure. do what you can do. Is that, okay. Are we good? All right. All right. Lois, you're a good sport. Thank you so much. So while Lois uh, gets busy with the puzzle there, um, I got to tell you, I, uh, I wrote a pretty bad sermon this week. I mean, I'm really serious. I, uh, I really struggled with it because uh, last week I talked about connection how we need to have connection with God, vertical connection, horizontal connection with people. I talked about loneliness, how it's an epidemic in the United States. I talked about how much we need connection. And this week, when I thought about preaching a sermon that talks about vertical connection, I really struggled because, like, you already know what I'm going to say, Right? I mean, you, you know what I'm going to say, right? Like, when I, when I talk about vertical connection, some of you are like, well, you've been, I've been around here enough times that I don't always know what, I think I know what you're going to say. But I want you to know, whatever you would think is what I wrote, and this is what I rehearsed with Melanie yesterday morning, and Melanie was very kind. She said, well, Ken, that was a very deductive sermon. <laughs> I mean, she's very nice. And I knew, in my, I already knew before, I, I mean, when I got up front, I knew. I was like, oh. I mean, because it just said exactly, you knew, it, like, whatever you stereotype a pastor is going to say about connection with God, that, that's, the, that's the sermon. 
So, you know, what, what am I going to say? You need to have a connection with God, right? Here's some ways to have a connection with God, right? You know? I mean, some of you could come up here and just preach it right now. And so some of you are saying, well, fine. We, we know what you're going to say. Let's call it a day. We, uh, we can get home a little early. That'll be all right. I'm not going to do that. Um, and so discussed it out a little bit with Melanie, and both of us were kind of scratching our heads. How can we, how can we do this? And I went home, and I thought, you know, sometimes sermons are just what they are. It is what it'll be. And uh, as I was walking through the living room yesterday evening, I saw that puzzle that Lois is, oh, look, there's some people who are pitching in. I don't remember giving permission for that, but oh, that's, I mean, it'll be what it'll be over there. All right. So, um, so anyway, so, um, sorry, that, that really messed with me. Um, so I'm walking by the, and I, and the puzzle is out. And can I just be honest with you? I love puzzles, but my daughter, Kyle, is very good at puzzles too. And we've been working on that thing together. And she went back to college on Sunday and I have not worked on it since she went back to college. And if we're really being truthful now, Kyla had done about 80% of what had been done, if we're really being truthful right now. And I looked at that puzzle, and I went over to it, and I thought, you know what, I want to, I want to, Kyla had jokingly said, should I just put it away for you, Dad? And I was like, I'm going to, I want to find a piece. I don't know how long it was. It felt like 30 minutes, probably more like 10 minutes, but it took me a long time to find one piece. And I thought, if I'm only doing one piece a day in a thousand-piece puzzle, this is going to take a long time. And I, but I kept, I was like, you know what, I want to keep looking. And I found a second piece in less time. And before I knew it, the pieces were beginning to, to fill in more quickly as I became more familiar with where things were at on the puzzle and where the puzzle pieces were, and things were beginning to come together a little bit more for me. And it hit me that a connection with God is like a jigsaw puzzle. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. What do I mean by that? Well, the first thing that I mean by that is that all of us are given the puzzle pieces at the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, says that God formed humans from the dust of the ground and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. How many of you are CPR certified? No, I don't need help. I'm just asking. Are, are any of you CPR certified? A few of you, yeah? I think I've been CPR certified probably since Pathfinders, probably uh, when I was 10-ish. Because um, they, I don't know, I think that the first time I got certified, they weren't supposed to certify me because I was too young, but I took the class anyway. And I've been a lifeguard. I have, I've done, I've, I've had to be CPR certified, and I am so grateful that I've never had to actually do CPR on somebody. Uh, I've been very fortunate that way. And because my instructors through the years have told me that um, when you are resuscitating somebody, it is not like a Hallmark movie, right? You know what I'm talking about? Or it's not cutesy. Um, people throw up while you're trying to do rescue breaths on them. People giving CPR to somebody is 
incredibly invasive and intimate in a not romantic way. And look at what God does. God breathes life into humanity. God breathes humanity into life. What does that mean? It means physically you are connected to God. His breath is not just in that first human being. His breath is in the baby that's just born. It's in each one of us, and we are physically connected. John 1, as he follows up on this Genesis account, John says all things came into being through Jesus. And apart from Jesus, not even one thing came into being that has come into being in him was life. And life was the light of mankind. You see, Jesus is life. And whether you believe in a God or you're agnostic and you're not sure or whether you have been grown up in a Christian faith, the life of God lives in you. You have a connection to the creator of the universe. You have God's breath in you and you are physically connected to God. But you know what? You also have the spiritual breath of God, the spiritual life of God in you. Acts 2 is this beautiful picture of the the cursed Christian churches that before it's called, they're called Christians, the believers are gathered in an upper room because Jesus, after he died, then was resurrected, told them, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. But look at the language. This is not accidental that God did it this way. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty. Go back to Genesis 2, breath. You have a parallel going on here. God spiritually breathes life into the new faith, the new embodiment of him on earth, the new church. He breathes into them the Holy Spirit. Spirit means breath, by the way. And so this breath is put into his first church. So you, whether you are an atheist or an agnostic or whether you have grown up in the Christian faith your entire life, you are physically connected to God and whether you want to admit it or not, you are spiritually connected to God. God has already put a connection to himself in you. And the question is, whether you want to recognize it. If I hand those puzzle pieces to those people, they don't have to put the puzzle together, but they have the puzzle if they want it. You follow me? I've given them the puzzle pieces. So John 10.10 explains to us exactly why God's given us life. New American Standard Bible translates it this way, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And I love the way the New Living Translation says that my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. If you are a little suspicious of God, I want you to believe Jesus when he said he came to give you a rich and satisfying life. 
that's God's purpose. That's Jesus' purpose, to give you a rich and satisfying life. And so many times in Christianity, we think that God, Jesus came to take away the richness and the satisfyingness of life by this imposed hardship and austereness. And yet Jesus comes and says, no, I've come that you may have a rich and satisfying life. When God put his breath into you, when he breathes into you the spiritual part of what he wants to do for you, he does it so that you can have a rich and satisfying life. And this isn't some sort of prosperity gospel where I'm saying he wants you to be rich or famous or a rich and satisfying life can look like all kinds of different things. Even in hard times, you can have a rich and satisfying life because that's what Christ came to give you. So let's take a minute. You knew I was going to tell you some ways that you could have a relationship with God. So let's see if I've already got some up on, the sl on slides, but I want to give you 60 seconds to think of all the different ways that you can connect with God. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds. I want you to think of as many. You can write down a little piece of paper if you want. You can put it on your phone. You can, but just come up with a list in 60 seconds of as many ways that you can connect with God as you can come up with and see if you can come up with more than I came up with. All right, you ready to go? Let's go. 60 seconds is now 58, 57. ways you can connect with God. Ten seconds left. Five seconds left. All right. That's it. All right. So here we go. Let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and put something up on the screen. If it's something that you thought of, or if you just want to look smart, you can raise your hand anyway. Whatever you want. It's up to you. I mean, honesty is good too, but whatever. Um, you do you. So here we go. First thing. Nature. Anybody think of nature as a way to, to connect with God? Yeah, okay, a few of you did. How about stillness? Anybody think of stillness as a way to connect with God? A couple of you, okay. Prayer? A good number of you thought of that one. Music? Oh, yeah. It's a church that loves music. Art. How many said art as a way to connect with God? I love it. I love it. You know, I think this is one that doesn't get thought out about enough. And in Exodus 35, 31, it says, The Lord filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. And when you, it says crafts, but it's really arts, because he's actually doing sculpture. He's building bronze things, and I mean, he's sewing. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. 
And I believe that sometimes within Christianity, this is one of the least appreciated things of ways to connect with God. We, we kind of gloss over it quickly. And so we're actually going to do a whole series on uh, how we can connect with God and each other through art. And we're going to be doing that in the fall. So I hope you'll look forward to that. Anybody put church down? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It's a good place to connect with God, I would hope. What about the Bible? Anybody put the Bible as a place to connect with God? Yeah? Okay, cool. All right, that's it for me. Um, what did you, did anybody come up with other stuff? Don't, don't yell it out. Just raise your hand if you came up with more stuff than I did. You came up with, other, okay, good. That's awesome. I don't, I don't care. You're smart. We'll give you that. That's fantastic. Give yourself a pat on the back on the way out today. Yeah, absolutely. So, but then, so, by the way, all those slides, I told you, my, my, my sermon was a stinker, right? Those are all the slides that I had prepared for Melanie yesterday. And then as I was working on my puzzle last night, I started thinking. And thinking, I thought, oh, man, I left off the Sabbath. And that's a great way to connect with God. Why didn't I put that? And I thought about, and, and I thought, oh, maybe I should text Melanie and ask her to make up some new slides. But instead, I decided to do this. I need Tomas. Tomas, will you come up here for me? By the way, if you ever wonder when I pick on people, I usually ask them ahead of time. Almost always. And I asked Tomas ahead of time. So, Anna and Lois. The other three I didn't. Um, <laughs> Tomas, I actually need you to come over right here in the center because um, you're, you're, I need them to look at you. Okay? So what we're going to do, Tomas is uh, our Pathfinder director and here at Whole Life Church, and I thought it'd be fun just to imagine in a, a day in the life of Tomas. I really don't know what his day looks like. Um, we haven't talked ahead of time. He's not going to tell me whether I'm right or wrong. He's, he's, he's going to keep just a smile on his face no matter what I say, um, and he's not going to give you indi any indication whether I'm right or wrong, um, but we're just going to imagine a day in the life of Tomas. And then what we're going to do is you are actually going to keep track of how many times the imagined Tomas connects with God during the day. Okay? Do we understand the assignment? Shake your head yes if you understand. I'm not going to start this until, you, until I know everybody, because it's my fault if you don't understand. I just need, I'll have to go over it again. That's it. Nod your head. I'm serious. Like, do you understand? First service was way more cooperative. You guys, I'm not, maybe I'm not explaining it well. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to be describing a day in the life of Tomas. It's imaginary. You will keep track of how many times imaginary Tomas connects with God during the day. Okay, there we go. Okay. Okay. I get it. All right. So, Tomas is a very disciplined human being. And so he knows to get everything into his day, he's got to wake up early. So he gets up at 4 a.m. He knows he needs to do this because the first thing that Tomas does is he slips out of bed as he gets on his knees and spends a good amount of time in prayer, praying for his family, praying for the people he loves praying that uh, God will be with them, asking for forgiveness, all those kind of things. Spends time in prayer. Once he gets done with that, he gets up. He spends a good amount of time reading his Bible. Once he gets done with, with doing that, um, Tomas then, uh, because you can tell he's fit, decides to go for a jog. 
um, because he needs to get some exercise in for the day. So he goes and does a nice jog. I feel like you probably have some earbuds in, probably listening to something as you do your jog. Um, and you come back from your jog. You, um, because you care about your health, you know that it's really important to have a, a big breakfast every morning. So he has a nice hearty breakfast, eats real well. Then, uh, then it's time to you know, do the uh, bathroom routine that you know, we all should be doing every day, right? And, and so he does that, brushes his teeth, you know, um, and then it's time to head, head off to work. So he uh, jumps in his car. I want to say he's got a, uh, let's give him a 30-minute commute. We'll just do that. He has a 30-minute commute. To, he listens to something on the way to work. Um, he then uh, gets to work and... Uh, Tomas doesn't work for a Christian organization, so it's, it's a secular place. Um, and so he gets onto the, the projects that he's working on there. Um, morning goes by, and uh, he has a, a lunch, a business lunch that he has to go to. So he goes to the restaurant that he's meeting his business associate at. Uh, they order off the menu, the food arrives. And it's that awkward moment as a Christian where you think, is my business associate, are they a Christian? Do I offer to pray over the food with them? Or do I just say my own prayer in my head? Do I kind of, you know, well, you know what I'm talking about, those of you who've worked at in, you know, with, in that situation. So Tomas, he's a super Christian. So he's like, hey, are you a Christian? It would be okay if I have prayer with you. So he does that. He has prayer over his... Uh, over the food, and then uh, the other person may or may not have been offended. We don't know, but it doesn't really matter because he did what he was supposed to do, right? So, there. you know, it does matter sometimes when we offend people, right? Anyway, just anyway, but we move anyway. So anyway, so he does that. He has, and that's why I didn't want you nodding or not because okay. So so anyway, so so yeah. So the the meal wraps up. Uh, good conversation. Made some progress with whatever business thing he was working on with them. Heads back to the office. Um, Around three o'clock, it's, uh, or actually kind of that food kind of starts to hit in. So he's feeling a little, a little drowsy. So he goes for, uh, you know, something, some sort of beverage to keep him awake and uh, stands around the water cooler for a minute or two talking to some friends there, work colleagues, whatever. Goes back, works, uh, works till six because he's a hardworking guy. Goes home. He's a great guy, and uh, he knows his wife's had a hard day, so he makes uh, supper um, and... Uh, for the whole family, they, they enjoy a meal together. Um, of course, they had prayer before they, they ate supper, right? And then um, helps kids with homework after that. Uh, rewards them with a little game time together. Um, whatever game time is important to him, whether that's, you know, that or, you know, actual games, whatever. And then uh, kids are off to bed, spends a little time uh, with his wife. Um, and then uh, has a little, oh, I, I left out, you had, you had worship with your kids before you put them to bed. And then uh, has his own little worship before he heads off to bed, and it's been a full day. So, for those of you keeping track, how many times they connect with God during the day? Twelve. Ten, there's a debate. You're all wrong. You're all wrong. It slammed me in the face last night as I was talking about ways to connect with God that every moment of every day is an opportunity to connect with God. 
It's not simply when you're out in nature. It's not simply when you're on your knees. It's not simply when you're reading your Bible. But that conversation with a work colleague, that's a chance to connect with God. That drive to work, that's a chance to connect with God. And even if you're listening to secular radio on your drive, there is a chance to connect with God in that. God can speak to us in so many places, in so many ways. And the real issue is not whether, whether or not you're doing a... Because we love to do that. There's the spiritual activities, and then there's the secular activities. You know that God wants to bust that out, right? Your work is worship. When you do a good job, you're doing it for the glory of God. You know, when the Bible says to pray without ceasing, it didn't mean to get on your knees and stay on your knees for 24 hours a day. It literally means to go throughout your day connected to God in every moment. Thank you, Tomas. You've been awesome. Thanks for standing here. I know it was a little awkward. So family, we connect with God through all the things I mentioned, all the things you thought of that I didn't think of, but don't forget you connect with God in every opportunity, you can do it if you're looking for it. My wife texted me after first sermon and made a good point about my sermon. She said, Ken, you know, you're talking about a puzzle. It's hard to do a puzzle in the dark. And if you turn on the light, if you turn on the expectation that you want to connect with God in every moment, in every place, you'll be amazed at what you start seeing, where you see the opportunities for connection with God that you didn't see because you just left the light off and you just thought, oh, what puzzle pieces? So let's go ahead and see what's happening over with the puzzle. You guys got it finished for me, right? Oh, they're calling me sneaky. That's not nice to call me names. All right. Why am I sneaky? Because you've given us at least two puzzles and then none of them the picture. Oh. There's no donuts on I've given you at least two puzzles. I only gave you one. But you're right. I didn't give you this one. I didn't give you this one. Um, is it possible? Hang with me, family. Feel the, feel the metaphor for a second. I really want you to think metaphorically for a second. Is it possible that our parents and our pastors hand us a box of God puzzle pieces with a picture on the outside, and as we start to put the puzzle together for ourselves, we realize that the conception that they have of God is not the same as what we're seeing? And we can get really frustrated when the two don't reconcile. When what you grew up being told was true about God doesn't reconcile with what you learn is true about God. Because I truly believe that a connection with God is a lot like a box filled with puzzle pieces. The picture doesn't always match what's on the outside. And it's difficult to put together a picture that you don't know what it is. And yet it's doable. And the more you work on it, the more you start fitting in. That first piece is hard. Once the edges are taken care of, then the work begins, right? But the fact of the matter is, it's worth it. It's worth it because God gave you the puzzle pieces and he wants you to connect. He wants you to start solving the puzzle. 
to see God for yourself, to see what God really wants you. You can keep working or you can quit if you want. I think you guys are going to keep going, I'm guessing. Um, Family, I want to close with this. When I was dating Rochelle, I went through a real kind of spiritual crisis. And I really wasn't sure whether Rochelle was going to want to stay with me or not because of what I was struggling with. And I remember talking with her and saying, Rochelle, and I'm going to turn this into puzzle piece analogies. I said, Rochelle, I just don't know about the puzzle. I just don't know. It doesn't make sense. I'm frustrated. I feel like giving up on it. And I just don't know. And I remember Rochelle saying to me, Ken, are you going to quit? I said, no, I don't feel like I'm going to quit working on the puzzle. I just, maybe right now I'm not going to work on it for a little while. I don't know. I, I don't want to give on, up on it because I do believe in the puzzle. But I'm frustrated. And I remember Rochelle saying, well, if you gave up, that would be a problem for me to move forward in our relationship. But just keep working on the puzzle. If you just keep working on the puzzle, that's what matters. Family, when it comes to connection with God, God has given you those pieces. You are connected already to God by the breath that gives us life. You have that already. Take the pieces, work the puzzle. Don't give up. It's worth it. Lord, as we leave this place, let us take you out into a world that needs you. We pray in your name. Amen. I love you, family. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407 965 1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.